Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. Good morning. Thank you guys for that. What a great start to the morning. Great singing, great donuts right over there at about one o'clock. It's a good, that, that, that is a good thing to start out the morning with, right? It's good. Royce, great job, man. Thank you so much for that, for sharing that. Um, so um, we're going to continue with what we've been talking about. We want to be a people trained by Jesus. Okay, and this is what makes it a little bit difficult, and, and, and I think we all can kind of understand this illustration from a worldly point of view. Okay, we're getting very close to like having a presidential election coming up, and not, it's not too long from now. There, you know, you have like the national conventions coming up and all these things, and see, when you're in the world, you need to decide which platform you're going to agree with and support. Okay, and what's really interesting about that is most of the time when people find a, uh, a, a party, so to speak, that they're going to support, that it's all in, 100%. Like, I'm going to argue from that perspective that that's the right thing. And you want to know what? In the world, that's fine. Like, if you want to live in the world, that's perfectly fine, okay? But what we're talking about is being citizens of the kingdom of God, okay? And see, so we talk about issues when we're trained by Jesus. We talk about issues that the world should go, what are you? Like, like, what are you? You're not a Republican, but you're not a Democrat, and you're not a Libertarian, and you're not an Independent. That's what the world should say about the church, because we are trained by Jesus, who brings up issues that we go, I'm with Jesus on this issue. I, I, I think what happens with churches too often is people go, oh, okay, today um, the church is going to talk about a political like, subject. And I'm like, no, that's not true at all. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Like we're being trained by Jesus and I want to challenge us here because what can happen is this seeps into even Christianity today. Okay, this seeps into denominational Christianity today where you've got to pick a team to be on. And your team has got to have a set of beliefs that you argue over another set of beliefs. Okay, and again, what we're asking here is not that people come and join a church group called the Clemson Foothills Church, but to see that in the kingdom of God, we're joining his movement. That's very different, okay? You've got to think through that. Or you want to know what? We're no different from anyone else. We're going, well, what my church believes is this. And so let me talk about some hot, hot topics that I believe in that you may not believe in. And we've just fallen into the same exact trap as the world, which is, which is our team here has a set of beliefs, and I want to challenge your team's beliefs. And then you have all of these arguments, okay? And um, I'm, I, I'm on Twitter quite a bit, and so there's a lot of like different Christian groups that are on there, and they're all fighting with one another over who te- whose team is better and whose team has a better teacher and whose team and all of these things. And I'm going, at what point do we go, can we just be citizens of the kingdom of God? And instead of like defending my turf, 
defend the movement of God, okay? See, because oftentimes what can happen in a church, okay? I mean, 11 years ago, this church was a new planting. Oftentimes what happens when you're in a new church is you're like, how can we get to a place where we can all just take a deep breath and settle in and be a church? Like, how can I just, how can we get to a place where I can walk in and just feel very comfortable with not sharing my faith? And feel very comfortable about not dealing with sin. All right. And oftentimes that's what almost every church does is how do we get to a, a size where we can all just take a deep breath and relax a little bit. Okay. And understand that that's being a part of a church. That's being a part of a group. We're talking about being trained by Jesus to enter into his movement through this planet. Okay. Is this this movement that doesn't there isn't a time when we go. Whew, man, I can stop sharing the gospel with people. Man, that was a real drag, by the way. Golly, if I can just get to a place where people leave me alone at church. Let me sit by myself. Stop talking to me. The fellowship's too long. The singing's too bad. I mean, can we get to a place where it's just all good for me? Man, church is too early. Church is too late. Church, and we forget. It's easy for all of us. I'm, again, don't hear... I'm not saying, hey, let's look at everyone else. I'm saying, hey, let's look at me sitting right here right now and go, is this has been my heart, okay? Because that's the reason that we're talking about being trained by Jesus. Jesus would, listen, here's the deal is, is have you noticed when you read the New Testament, Jesus wasn't a part of like the first church of Jesus Christ. And then there was like another church down the road. And then there was another church over here, the full gospel church. And people just, no, 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 it, it wasn't like that. Jesus was, was in charge of this movement, <laughs> He said he was the head of it. He was going to be the guy that set the rules, not the preacher, not the teacher, not, not the leadership. None of that is Jesus gets to do this in his movement. And it really is a movement forward. Okay. It isn't a place where we can get to a rest stop. I think that rest stop will probably be when Jesus comes back and we'll get to be like Sabbathing with him, right? We'll get to just be in him and his presence. Um, and so hopefully we lock our minds into that. Because I, I don't know about you, it's very easy to fit into just a very worldly view of what like church is and like people arguing there, the government's not letting churches meet and we've got to do this and all these things. And I'm like, man, that's the world. There is no law that can stop the kingdom of God. There just isn't. They have not invented one. They've invented the, the most strict laws against Christianity, which is we're going to kill you. And the church grew. The, the movement spread, right? And so... When we're thinking about being trained by Jesus, is that my posture to Jesus? Am I, am I waking up each day and am I going through my day going, Jesus, train me. Like, train me to do this life because, you know, as, as Roy said, I hope we all connect with the idea of going, man, I don't know how to do life very well. What I do really well is I do selfishness really well. Like, no one taught me that. I know sin really well. I know immorality really well. I know anger really well. I know those things. Nobody had to train me in those. I need to be trained in the way that Jesus wants me to live and to love around me and to share the gospel. And so hopefully that's our posture here, okay? As, and not just now, but really every single moment of every single day. Now I want you to picture a scene. Uh, what I love about Jesus is this. Uh, Jesus always knew the perfect thing to say to start a conversation, okay? We do it, and I'm sure this happened with Jesus, okay? I'm sure there were times when Jesus was just like hanging out, 
somewhere and he was just like, hey, man, how's your day? I'm sure there were times like that. But we see things written in the Gospels that are pretty amazing. Okay, like the woman that comes to the well, the Samaritan woman that comes to get water. And, you know, we, we would get kind of tongue tied and not sure, like, oh, gosh, what do I say? And I don't know if this is going to be appropriate to talk to her and all that kind of stuff. And he's just like he starts it out. Can I have some water? And he knew exactly where that was going to go. Like he had in his mind, like, yeah, I'm thirsty, but I've got a great story to go along with this. <laughs> OK, like like that. Well, you're you're drinking out of. Oh, I got something that's going to blow your mind. OK, it's like Jesus is his mind is working through this. OK. And so here's the fascinating thing. We meet a guy today in this idea of learning how can Jesus train us. And we're going to learn really Jesus train us to understand what it means to be born again. Okay. And here's the thing you go. I got this one. I know this. Okay. Let's slow down just a little bit. Because again, let's not fall into this idea of I know information. But, you know, you pass along information. Information is not that exciting to be passed along. You know, the statistics and all of these things. It's just information. Oh, no, no, Keith, I got it. I know the three or four verses to go to. And just let's pump our brakes for a second here, okay? And let's look at Jesus as he went up. And here's a, a man, Nicodemus, okay? And we're going to be, you can read, open in your Bibles to John chapter 3, okay? So he meets Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a leader. He's a Pharisee. He's a teacher. He Here's the truth of the matter is, is he knows more about the law than the other people did. Okay. I mean, this is a guy that not only did he know it, he was teaching people this. I mean, this is a guy for us. We would go, man, you need to respect that guy. Who am I to come and talk to Nicodemus? He knows these things. Well, here in John 3, um, verse 1, we're going to start here and read this. And I'd like for you to follow along. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you've come from God as a teacher, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, I assure you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, right, just stop for a second, okay? If, if you have any social intelligence whatsoever, this would, should seem weird, okay? <laughs> it really should, okay? Is, is this idea of, hey, Jesus, kind of like, you're awesome. You're a great teacher. Like, I've been talking to my buddies about you, and we think you are from God. And let me tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. What? Say what? <laughs> Jesus, like, where did that come from? Okay, and I want us to stop here for a second, because in our minds, this would be very hard for us to wrap our minds around, because, because Nicodemus represents to us the smartest, most intellectual and intelligent, like, Christian we know in the world, okay? So it's along the lines of, like, for me and you um, and the world around us, we would go, well, man, um, the Francis Chan, the John Piper, the John MacArthur, the, you know, you go on and on, the C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, and, and uh, Spurgeon and all of these guys that, that we go, man, they knew so much more than we know. Okay, and, and it's funny because people get into arguments about that. 
Martin Luther and all of these in this battle between people who are really smart with really great hearts, okay? I think Nicodemus, we wasn't as bad a guy as we think he is. But you know what we would do? We would go, who am I to say something to this guy? Who am I? Francis Chan could never be wrong. John Piper could never be wrong. All right? Yeah, I mean, you, you insert the name, okay? And go, no, 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 I, I, Keith, you don't understand. This dude over here that does the Bible Project is 50 times smarter than you. That's true. Okay? And you go, Keith, but the Bema, no, no, no. Hey, Marty Solomon can't be wrong. They, they can't be wrong. I mean, listen to them. They're so much better than you. And they're so much better than me. Okay? And it's so interesting because, again, we esteem things in the world that Jesus did not. <laughs> okay? Jesus wasn't like, Nicodemus, you know everything. He, he comes at Nicodemus and says, Here's, Nicodemus, we have something to talk about. All right? That, that's great. Unless you're born again. You can't enter the kingdom of God, okay? So again, as students of Jesus, okay, if we were sitting there in the stands, let's say, watching this, and, and we got the notes out, we're going, okay, Jesus is gonna, he's going to teach us something good. This is going to be great. Look, at here comes Nicodemus, and, and they're having, looks like a good conversation. Unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom. Okay, class ends, let's say. And we walk away. Would you walk away with any other thought in your mind other than unless you're born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God? There was no like ambiguity there. There was no like, hey, if you're just a really good person or a smart person, an intellectual person, a religious person, a good, a kind person. No, 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 no. He's very clear. and We have to like highlight this point right here. Okay. Unless we're born again, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. Of God, And so he continues here, and Nicodemus asks, asks the right question, I think, right? In verse 4, how can someone be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked him, can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus said, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can these things be? asked Nicodemus. Jesus said, are you a teacher of Israel, and you don't know this? Jesus said, I assure you, we speak what we know, and we testify to what we've seen. That we means Jesus and God and the Spirit, okay? He said, this, he said we testify what we've seen. All right, Nicodemus, you're testifying something you don't even know anything about, all right? But you don't accept our testimony. If I've told you about things that happen on earth and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about things of heaven? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. 
For God loved the world in this way. Okay, and this is where everybody goes, that's what I know in John chapter 3. It's John chapter 3, verse 16. It's the only verse that matters in the Bible. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who doesn't believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and the people loved darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. Okay, here's what we do as men very, very well to the Bible, right? We take an incredible chapter here, and we say, see, John 3.16 is all that matters. Now say this, accept Jesus, and you can be saved in him, okay? Except if we're being trained by Jesus, we wouldn't get that at all from this section. There's no way. He was talking about this new birth. So here's the interesting thing, okay? He says, here's the deal, guys. You got to be born again. He says it three times. Verse three, verse five, verse seven. You have to, you have to, you have to, okay? There's no way around it. We're trained. We get it, all right? And he goes down, and again, he's, he, there's this battle between man's teaching and God's teaching. It's Nicodemus and Jesus right here, okay? And he's going down, and he tells them, um, that first of all, you have to be born of water and spirit. That's what being born again means. You have to be born of water and spirit, okay? And what's fascinating about this is this is simply a teaching that was amazingly common of baptism in water. You know what's amazing about this is that the, the disciples who were baptized by apostles, the early church, you would have to fight so, you would have to dig so deeply and still you couldn't find somebody that said this isn't talking about being baptized into Jesus. He's saying this is what being born of spirit and water means. And if you're having trouble understand what spirit is, he says you don't have trouble knowing what the wind is. Like look around when the tree starts blowing, you're like, oh, there's wind. What does the wind look like? I don't know. How do you know there's wind? Because it has an effect on that tree. How do you know it's a spirit? Because it will have an effect on people. So I can't see the spirit, but I can see how it affects newborns. I can see how it brings new life. Okay, because keep in mind what he's saying. Born again is brand new. That's like a new start, a new beginning, a new heart. All of these things. And what's fascinating about this is if we were, let's say Nicodemus, let's say we had his educational level. He would have known this just from the writings in the Old Testament. Turn over to Ezekiel chapter 36. Okay. This is why Jesus, this, this is very complicated. And if you're like me, when, when Jesus kind of comes back to Nicodemus and said, you don't even understand this. You don't understand about what this means. You don't get it. Like there's no excuse here except here in Ezekiel, and this would be something that Nicodemus would have been aware of in verse 24. 
as Ezekiel is prophesying the word of God, he says, this, these are the words that God has given him. For I will take you, in verse 24 of chapter 36, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and will bring you into your land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean. I'll cleanse you from all impurities and all of your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. Okay, this wasn't a secret. Okay, this is like a fairly well-known section of scripture here that Nicodemus would have known. But here's what's interesting thing. Just to make it a little more obvious. Okay. Um, Who had been before Jesus at this time and what had he been doing? There was a guy coming around and saying, hey, listen, repent, come here, be baptized in water, okay? Why? Because when it came to our challenge and our call, we couldn't go, what is that? What does he mean born again? What does he mean water and spirit? What does he mean by that? He's going, hold on, are you kidding me? Uh, John the Baptist has been doing this for a while. Jesus came, was doing it for a while, okay? At the end of Jesus' ministry, he says, hey, go into all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, okay? And so it's this idea of this wasn't a secretive thing. This wasn't like, man, where is he coming from? Has he gone crazy that you have to be born again, but that should be good news? You mean I get to start over? Uh, there are a lot of us in here, and I, like I said, I don't know everyone's story. But <laughs> you knew and embraced this idea of needing to start new. Yep. To start again. You mean I can start over? What a great thing, okay? Do you have, you know, do, do you have any kind of like um, just regrets or anything like that? You mean I get to start new? Like brand new. That, that's amazing. How incredible is that that we get to do this unfortunately in our world here's what we say but this team says baptism means this and this team says you don't have to be baptized and this team says the baptism is this it's just a symbol and this team says baptism is when you get the holy spirit and saved you see where i'm coming from with that it just we become a bunch of men and women just arguing worldly principles and going no no you can pick whatever team you want instead of going no i want to be trained by jesus And when Jesus says this, I'm going, yeah, I get it. I don't care. Here's the truth. I don't care what another church is doing. I really don't, okay? I know we're here reading this, okay? And here's the thing is, is every one of us has people in our lives that my goal isn't to figure out what everyone else is doing. It's to proclaim the gospel, okay? And here it is right here. It couldn't be better news. You've got to be born again, okay? And so you have all of these things here. Um, and, and again, what the world does, and I want us to lock in because we may find that we've, man, this is so easy to do, falling into just a worldly pattern, yeah. a worldly Christian pattern. Like we'd be like, Nicodemus, if you're not born again, you're probably better than I am. So, man, you, you probably saved. But again, we've got to look at this and go, am I being trained by Jesus? We go, but I don't want to judge people. Listen, here's the best thing that happened to me. Somebody told me you could be born again. <laughs> a messed up dude 
trying to do the right thing, having no clue. A guy actually said, you can be born again. And you know what I never said? Why are you judging me? <laughs> okay. Can you imagine on your birthday, somebody brings you a gift. You're like, why are you judging me? Like here's Steve. Steve, it's your birthday. Mike, it's your birthday. Here's a new shirt. He's like, oh, so you're judging me. I say, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Is the world can creep in to where we don't even like want to talk about born again. When it's like the greatest thing in the world. And again, here's what it isn't, okay? It's not like, let's go join a gym after we get in shape. Okay, it isn't like, how can I get really, really good and mature? Then I'll go and start again. No, no, it's actually like, this is for us, the messes. <laughs> it is. This is absolutely for us. All right. It's, it's those of us that are going, I got to start again. I have messed up. Okay. I mean, that's what's so good about this right here, that we need a new heart. We need a new life. We need a new family. We need these things. Okay. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, it says, all of us have been baptized into one family. All right. And again, think about this is going, oh man, Keith, that like, hold up a minute. Like there's things I do with my family and then there's church because we're thinking like church buildings, teams, etc. Instead of going, hold on a minute. This is the movement of Jesus is family. Okay. And it's this idea of if you've been given some answers and you're the first one in your family to, to get those answers, don't keep it from your family. Don't protect them. Don't be like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to, I don't want this to be weird. It's like, no, I've been baptized into a new family. And man, this is really good news. Okay. And, I, and, no, and no, I do not tell my family and my friends to stay on a team that's not being trained by Jesus. Right. Okay. There's this ridiculousness. I mean, if we really think about it, you're going, why would I do that? That, that just seems when you say it out loud, it seems a little strange, right? right? But he says this right here. Let's go back to John chapter three. And, and, and here's the deal. Um, hopefully this is challenging. Not I, I, Listen, here's the deal. If you need to be born again, and, and, and here's what I wish we, we would do different as well. My fear is sometimes for younger people, it's very easy for us to treat being born again as just a ceremony you go through, and now you get to be a part of the club. All right? And, and here's the thing. What's sad about that is that comes out in the wash later. Okay, the, the, the not having the new heart, the not having the new life, the not having the new, the be, being born again. You want to know what happens? You get a little bit older and you're like, I don't like Jesus that much. I'm bored by Jesus. I'm okay with just the world and being like Jesus, okay? And so again, I want our language to be like Jesus's language, okay? Not ours, but Jesus's here, okay? And he goes on and he tells, you know, here in verse 10, are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? He said, it's, I assure you, we speak what we know. We testify to what we've seen, but you don't accept our testimony. Again, here's, Jesus just drew the line in the sand. <laughs> we got to see this. He drew the line in the sand. He says, what's your point of view going to be? Because I'm testifying, the Father is testifying, the Spirit is testifying that what I'm saying is true and eternal or Nicodemus, you can do what you want to do. 
right? Or Keith, you can go follow this person who you think is like a brilliant scholar. Right? Have you ever done that before? You've heard a teaching, you've heard a podcast, you've heard something, and you're like, how can I like wrench that into the words of Jesus? Okay, that's a bad place, that's a bad place to be, okay? Of going, where, what are we going to do? There's this testimony saying, you must be born again. And again, here's the crazy thing is, let's not lose sight of the fact, this is good news. <laughs> okay, this is like, how, you ask anyone, would you want to start life over again? I really, I don't know a soul that wouldn't go, okay. Now, that doesn't mean they don't exist, okay? You're, you're Googling it right now or something. Like, no, 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 there's somebody. No, that's not my point. But I think in our own experience, wow, what a great, great thing here, okay? And so here's, here's the deal, Liz. It says he's talking about this. What, what does it mean for us? All right, because again, Nicodemus and Jesus are speaking on the level of pre-Pentecost, pre-like pre, the Holy Spirit coming on the church. Before that, he's teaching him this lesson, okay? And then for us, what ends up happening is, is what do we have? Do we just have Ezekiel? Is that, all, is that all we have about this new birth? And we just have to kind of like struggle through that? He's like, well, no, we have Paul's experience, who Paul said, Jesus taught me directly. And you want to know how many times Paul's baptism is talked about in the book of Acts? Three. He, he shared his conversion story three times. If you read the book of Acts and you're like, no, I'll, we should just believe in God and then we'll be saved. There's no way Jesus would ever, we would ever get that from, we, we're, we're copying notes off someone else. But, but there's no way, okay? So we have Paul's Call, and, and that's what Royce shared this morning. Paul sharing, Paul writing in Romans 6. And, and he shows it even, here, here's the illustrative side of it, is this idea of being born from death. Okay, is this idea of the old self is gone, and then the new comes out, the new life, the new birth, okay? But here's the thing is, we also have it from Peter too, right? Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Remember, Peter... Again, this is a guy with Jesus. He hung out with him. He was trained by him. He messed up. He got called higher. 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, Peter's writing this story here, this little section. And um, he talks about how Jesus suffered and died for our sins. All right? And we're, and, and we're right there in like verse 18. Okay, he suffered and died for our sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring you to God. After being put to death in the fleshly realm, he was made alive in the spiritual realm. And in that state, so in the state of his spiritual realm after death, he went and made a proclamation to those in prison who in the past were disobedient when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, okay? That's a pretty cool scene. That's pretty neat. But Jesus is saying, listen, I left my body. I was dead. I was in the spiritual realm. And what I did is I went down and met people who they were alive when Noah was around, who were disobedient, and I proclaimed something to them. I, and I, who knows? L listen, it doesn't say what he said. 
right? He, he didn't go down there. It doesn't say he went down there and rescued them or anything. He went down there and they'll proclaim. I don't know. It's pretty fascinating, though. But as, as Peter said this, which is pretty fascinating, even hearing that story from Jesus, Peter would have had to hear that from Jesus at some point, right? At some point. Now you're going, well, hold on a minute. How did he do that after he died? Do you remember when Jesus came back and taught the apostles after he rose again? Remember when he taught in the book of Acts for 40 days? Could you imagine this story right here of him telling him this? And he said, in this state, he went down and made a proclamation to those who were disobedient. As, uh, and he who were waiting in the days of Noah while an ark was being prepared. In it a few, in the ark, there were a few people, eight, eight in all, who were saved through water. Okay, now think of John chapter 3. To be born again has to be from water and spirit. Okay. He says, here's this illustration that's been around forever. Noah, and he, there was this water, and there was this ark that saved him from being drowned, but he was saved through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not the removal of filth from the flesh. It's not just a bath. Okay. It's this idea, a pledge of a good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, okay? And so you see this idea that people who were with Jesus and have been trained are testifying to this as well, are saying this is being born again, all right, of water and spirit. And then Peter even preaches in Acts chapter 2, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? Be born again, be born again. Start again, okay? What we get tripped up on is we go, I'm not going to share that with somebody who's like a good person that goes to church all the time. Well, they might never have been taught how to be born again. That, listen, you can try to follow the principles of Jesus without being a Christian, right? You could be pretty good at it even. You could look and you can follow and try your best wouldn't it be awesome to hear from somebody of going, you know, I see you trying your best. Wouldn't it be great to be born again? Wouldn't it be great to have a new heart and a new spirit? Wouldn't that be great to do that? All right. That, that, see, that's not judgmental. That's like, I see what you're wanting in your life. Let's be trained by Jesus. Okay. Let's be born again. Not an idea of a baptism because you're saved. Not a baptism just because you wanted to obey or something like that necessarily, but it's this idea of a new birth. And by the way, we actually have an example in Jesus himself. Okay, and you go, but Jesus, wait, this is what we said. He didn't need to be forgiven for any sins because we've narrowed down new birth to that one little thing. Of course he didn't need to be forgiven for his sins. Okay. But you don't know what? The Spirit came down on him. You know what began? It was a new beginning. Jesus' ministry began. It was a new beginning in his life. It was different than what was happening previously in his life. He began at that moment a new ministry, okay? And that's exactly what being born again is. Is we're starting new. It's a new ministry. It's not a ministry of Keith. It's a ministry of the kingdom. Right? right? And so it's that idea of going, wow, isn't that great that Jesus also participated in this? 
Isn't this great that this has been taught over and over and over again? These are all really good things right here, okay? And then finally here at the end, because verse 16, John 3, 16, listen, this is one of the best verses in the Bible. It is. You can't argue that. How incredible is this truth? That God loved us so much that he said, Jesus, I'm going to let you go down there in your perfection and I'm going to let you die so that they'll live. Okay, and that's what it is. It was a statement of fact, okay? Because if we were to say, no, see, Keith, what it says here in John 3, though, is it says, all who believe in him will not be condemned. Like, but this is fascinating because if all we had to do was assent mentally, then that negates everything else Jesus just taught. (laughs) Okay, it just negates everything. It's like, oh, then you don't have to be born again. You don't need a new life. You don't need a new start. You don't. And, and on top of this, we've even left out this idea of repentance in, in new birth, being born again. But Jesus doesn't here, okay? So right here at the end in John chapter 3, we're going to pick up this last section here. Jesus says this, This then is the judgment. Light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light, okay? Don't, let, don't be lost on this point. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. Okay. Now, I don't think we have to make some judgment on what his motive was. or No, no, he was just scared or he was just, whatever it was, it doesn't tell us. But we do know he was there at night. And could you imagine Jesus telling this? I've gone, he's going, here's the judgment, Nicodemus. Let me wrap this up for you. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness. Look around. Men love darkness. Okay, what a point. What, what a point for Jesus to go, listen, let me wrap it up right here. This is a judgment. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness. Look around you, okay? They love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who practices wicked things hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. All right. He's saying, you know, this new birth, what's part of this new birth here is you come to the light. You come and be exposed. You come and lay everything out there. Because when the world sees that you've changed how you think and how you live and how you love, they'll glorify God. All right. This this idea. This is the textbook definition of repentance right here. Okay. This isn't just a saying. He's going. No. This is a valuable part. And he says finally at the end. What's fascinating? There's a there's bookends in this section between verse one and verse twenty one. The beginning starts out with Nicodemus saying, "Hey Jesus, me and my buddies have made a judgment about you. You're a good teacher. That's our judgment." And then Jesus finishes up and says, "But here's the judgment." <laughs> Okay, here's the real judgment, Nicodemus. You, because what man does is not what Jesus does. What, you know, it's the thing is, we can all gather around in little groups and talk about like, well, I don't know. I don't think that's true. And I don't think that's accurate. And, and Jesus is going, but here's the deal. I make the rules here. This is my judgment. Lights come into the world. People don't like it. They like the... And he's saying, here, guys, here's what I need you to do. It's not just to go and get dunked in water. 
It's not about a ceremony. It's not about these things. It's about coming into the light and saying, I want to live different. Not just have, a, have a, uh, a, an encounter with Jesus right now, but I want new birth that is expressed in a life that's lived like Jesus. And here's me in the light right here. And when you see my life changed, people will give glory to God for what they've seen. And this wraps up perfectly, and we'll finish up here in Acts chapter 2 that I alluded to earlier. This was what Peter gave to the first church when they didn't know what to do. Like, how do we get it? We need a new start. Remember what they needed a new start from? They killed Jesus, <laughs> okay? They, they won. They beat us, probably, okay? They killed him. And, and we're going, yeah, you yeah, know, my sin contributed to that, too. Yeah, we weren't there physically, though, <laughs> all right? And they're going, I need a new start, Peter. I need a new start, Acts 2, um, verse 37 when the crowd heard this, they came under deep conviction. They said to Peter, the rest of the apostles, brothers, what must we do? Repent, he said. Come into the light. All right, come into the light and let people see who you are because you're going to change because, the, listen, the world likes darkness. Jesus, come into the light. Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit inside of you. All right, this is truly being born again, okay? So where does this leave us here at the end as we bring this on in? First and foremost is we all have to ask ourselves, have I been trained by Jesus in his lessons on being born again? Or do me and you have a better way? We, we have a better way. Like, no, no, Keith, you can't say that about that guy. He's a good guy. So is Nicodemus, I think. Now, Keith, man, they, I know people way smarter than you. I'm not going to listen to you. These guys know way more. Okay, I, fine, I guess. Because, but don't follow me. Right? See, the, the issue isn't me. The issue isn't me as a teacher. The issue, the issue isn't me as an intellectual. It's Jesus. It's being trained by him. And I have to ask myself, have I been really trained by him here? Okay? Is there are people that we know that are applying the principles of Christianity that no one has spent the time to sit down and go, would you like to be born again? <laughs> right? <laughs> would you like? That would petrify us. Man, you sound weird. I mean, I think most of the thing that Jesus say to us would make us sound weird. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's not going to sound like the world. Am I passing this along? You're going, Keith, I got this. Man, I examined, I learned from Jesus. I was born again. I'm living a new life imperfectly, like Royce said. It's not that we don't sin or our selfless nature is gone, but we're living this new life. And this question is, am I passing this along or am I trying to dabble in men's ways? Okay, what does that mean? It's like, this seems pretty exclusive. I mean... There's like 20 different ways. I mean, I did this one time down in Tallahassee on campus at FSU. I just started asking people, like, what does it mean to be washed of your sins and saved? Like, how do you do that? And I'm pretty sure, like, close to everyone I talked to had a different way. <laughs> when we dabble in men's ways, you know what we say? We go, oh, that, oh, that's okay. That's all okay because they're good people. 
Like, who am I to say something to them? They're better than me. You ever said that before? You met somebody? How am I going to proclaim the gospel to this guy? He lives better than me. Right? Because it's about you and him rather than the, the training of Jesus. And they go, you, hey, if they're, if they're better than you, amen. Repent. <laughs> I mean, appreciate that. Love that about them, okay? Don't try to convince them that they're different than that. But I'll tell you what, when we start messing around and dabbling in the ways of men, we start going, no, see, I know Jesus said three times here in these like first four verses, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. But I think you don't. Uh, And I'm going to make that judgment. Let's not be that. Okay, let's not be that. Let's not succumb to this pressure. And there is a pressure. There is a pressure. Believe me, there's a pressure to conform to American Christianity. There's a pressure to conform to to just the idea of, no, my family's okay, though. I, I, believe me, I wanted to do that so desperately. But no, my, my family is good people, and they're people of character and integrity and all those things. But here's what we can't ever do as a, as a movement of God, okay? Here's what we can never stop doing, is we can never, like, shortchange people when it comes to following Jesus. We can't, don't shortchange them. Don't give them some truth that's not Jesus' truth. Don't make them think something like, hey, no, you can have new life in this way. Because there's a very good chance you're in that person's life to proclaim that very message. Have you been born again? No, Keith, everyone's okay. No, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of God. We all need new. We need new life, man, new heart, new, new chances, all of these things. And so let's take this with us. And I would really encourage you, study this out. I think if we were trained by Jesus and then we went on to be trained by Peter and we went on to train by Paul and we went to be on to be trained by the people they baptized. You know what they all would say? Repent and be baptized. Be born again. Okay. And it's not just a ceremony. It's because Jesus loved you so much. God loved you so much that he sent Jesus for this purpose.